0: Throughout the subject, Allie and James Simmons hanging out with you for the next four hours. Buckle up, kitties. We've got a lot to cover. Just listening to some of the words that are being spoken at the House hearing today uh, when it comes to the police reform and the response to George Floyd's killing and defund, dismantle. These are words that are being tossed around and have been tossed around for the last couple of weeks. And they are... Words that you and I were trying to kind of wrap our brains around too, because you right. know on Monday we were like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We, you know, Minneapolis said that they are going to disf- defund and dismantle their police department. What does that mean? Then there were a lot of different opinions of what that meant, and what is police? There's there's several different terms here. There's police reform. That's in one little bucket. And we've got defunding the police department that's in another bucket and then dismantling the police department, which is in another bucket. And I think that the word defund is a little scary to people because you're going, oh, wait, well, hold on. We're, we're taking all the money away from from the police force and then there's not going to be any cops and there's going to be more crime. And eh. I think that scares people. And I don't know. And you and I were kind of talking about this off the air. If dismantle and defund are the best words we should be using for what they are explaining, which is sort of more about reallocating funds to put more resources into education, social services, and welfare uh, to, to kind of close the gap of inequality in this country.
1: Yeah. And I I think you, you, you make an excellent point there and I'm going to even sort of simplify it for everybody. I I feel like the phrase should actually be refund and remantle. Everyone loves a good refund. Everyone, everyone loves a good refund. Just, it's all about are, good buzzwords. There are very very clear here in LA county my numbers are not going to be exact okay don't anybody hold me to these specific numbers but in the last budget that is now being redone 1.8 billion with a b 1.8 billion dollars of city budget was being uh, allocated for policing 30 million dollars approximately was being allocated for community enrichment programs investment in community resources after school programs uh healthcare prevention initiatives etc What people are saying is, the research shows very clearly, if you invest in poorer communities, make sure people have job training, make sure people have opportunities to go to community colleges, you do healthcare uh, interventions early, you do after school programs early, you do tutoring early, those types of things, there is a lot less crime. So if you curb the crime early, you don't need to spend $1.8 billion on the police in the background. So then the argument is always, well, where do we get the money for these types of programs? You get the money from the $1.8 billion that you're spending on the police. We don't need police officers with tanks. We don't need military-grade weaponry for police officers. So if you invest, it's it's the concept of primary prevention in medicine. If I get you to stop smoking and and you and I have a conversation about what eating right and exercising means for you, it prevents your heart attack down the road. So I'm not spending $150,000 doing a triple bypass on you when you're 58 years old. I'm spending a little bit more money on you over your lifetime early on to prevent the heart attack. So this is the sort of the same concept. So if you take, you know, AOC was on Good Morning America this this morning, and she was talking about how, you know, if you take all of the community enrichment programs, the community investment programs, the youth initiatives, all those things that are spent on in New York City, including health care, including for homelessness or whatever, it's the police are funded six times more than all of those programs combined. L- like that's. Was- That doesn't make sense when we know the root of the problem can be helped greatly. I won't say solved, but helped greatly if we attack it early on. So it's not defund the police so that there's zero dollars for police. It's take the money, put it in a big bucket and reallocate it for everybody.
0: Well, and here here are some other points to consider. When you take money from the police department and you put it into those programs, right, crime is going to go down over time. It's not going to be overnight, right? Right. And then if you take, it depends also on how much money you're taking from the police department because there, then you have police departments saying we we need this money. If you take all the money, then we're not going to have, then we're not going to be able to police properly and then, you know, there's still going to be criminals everywhere and we're not going to be able to arrest those criminals and the crime rates are going to go up and it's going to be worse and that that so then it's also about does this does this change happen gradually do we slowly keep taking it like or is it just an immediate take take a bill you take half that money and put it directly into those programs and you know what do you know what I'm saying like does it happen yeah. is it something that needs to happen slowly and 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 those changes can happen over a period of time or is it uh, let's just Ripped off the band aid. Do it now, and there's probably going to be some some craziness, but it'll eventually even out.
1: Well, I don't think anybody knows specifically because right. there haven't been enough uh, places, uh, at least in the United States, where where police. This concept of defund, and I hate that word, but this concept of reallocating the financial resources that are given to police departments and redirecting them into communities. Um uh, there hasn't been enough of that done. I would argue that it would needs to be a gradual sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um but not so gradual and that we're not seeing the impact and that the impact is not felt. And listen, you tell someone who lives on 10 million dollars a year that we're sorry, we're going to have to take your 10 million dollars away and you only get to live on 1 million dollars a year.
0: Right, they're like gonna, if it's if it's throw- enough
1: they're going to get crazy, right? They're going to be like, I can't live. I have to have my $10 million. No, you don't. We're actually giving you a million dollars a year. You're still a one percenter. You're just not a one percenter with 10 million. You're a one percenter with 1 million. It's the same concept. So if you tell anyone who's used to having $6 billion a year in their coffers that we're going to take some of that money away, of course, they're going to get angry about it. It's I make a lot of money as a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. If you tell me that I had to go back to making the money that I was making before less than six figures, I would be angry with you because I'm not used to that right but not but it doesn't mean I couldn't live I'd be totally fine I think it's the same concept
0: right yeah yeah. as soon as you take money away as soon as you take the candy away from the baby they're gonna cry for a little while
1: or even just like this is the lifestyle to which I've become accustomed right that's the lifestyle police departments have become accustomed but it's clearly not working
0: Hmm. interesting stuff well we're gonna cover some of the nuts and bolts of what's going on in the house hearings today but of course we're gonna cover many other things as well and uh it's the game it's Wednesday as well and when we come back. There are a couple things happening with Uber. It's, an, it's a it's it's another round of you're the worst. Is it an Uber customer or an Uber driver? That Uber driver <laughs> might just be me. We'll get into that when we get back. Drop
2: the subject. The new Channel
0: Q. Drop the subject. Allie and James. Hey, do you want to celebrate Pride with us? Because we always want to celebrate Pride. It's June. It's the busiest month for the gays. And we are celebrating digitally. And we're also celebrating curbside. Channel Q is doing curbside Pride this year. That means we are bringing Pride to you personally using the hashtag channel q curbside pride you can be a part of it with us all you have to do is go over to wearechannelq.com, upload a little video or a photo of maybe a, a way that you're expressing your pride whether that's wearing a rainbow mask or or um wearing a rainbow mask i wish i could think of something else
1: <laughs> but ali how about wearing a rainbow mask
0: Oh, wearing a rainbow mask. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So you can upload a video or a picture to wearechannelq.com. And here's what you get in return. The first 50 uploads receive a limited edition, limited edition Q curbside pride pack. That includes a lawn sign. Who doesn't love that? And if you don't have a lawn, we'll give you a window sign. And if you live in New York and you don't have a window, just, I don't know, put it in your kitchen. Uh, Window hangers as well. Channel Q t-shirts, lawn games, and an opportunity to be on the air with us. So all of that is very exciting. All you have to do is do a little upload on wearechannelq.com, or you can probably hit us up on the DMs at wearechannelq on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, there are people behaving badly when it comes to Uber and Lyft, and that's why we are about to embark on another rousing episode of You're the Worst. Let
2: me tell you. That you are the worst! You are the worst! Now, James,
0: there is Mm. uh, a lot of people are upset right now over an Uber Eats customer and how they behaved when they ordered $300 worth of food on the app. I'm also going to give you another story, a personal story of something that I did when I was an Uber driver. Uh oh. Then I leave it to you and the people to decide who is the worst, Uber customer or Uber driver. Let's learn about the Uber customer first, shall we?
1: Uh, sure, please.
0: The This is, a I believe, the Uber Eats driver explained this in a Reddit post. Explained that they had prepared a $270 order of ramen, fried chicken, pork dumplings, beef curry, and several other dishes for a customer who had ordered via Uber Eats. Then, the customer proceeded to cancel their order immediately after the last box (laughs) had been put into the to-go order. Oh. So, a lot of people are, you know, just the Reddit thread was extremely long. People were criticizing the customer's wasted order, questioning how such a late cancellation can even be possible. They're calling for this customer to be banned from the app. And I guess the the restaurant did get compensated for that order. But the point of, of making all of that food and then having to waste all of that food because a customer after, I would assume, at least 20 to 30 minutes decided they didn't want $270 worth of ramen, kind of a douchey thing to do no i
1: i mean yeah yes though i i have to be i'm one of those people who is like what if that person realized that they had to go to the hospital to see a family member what Mm -hmm, if they mm -hmm. were like that had got cold feet about their first COVID-19 socially distanced party they were trying to throw. Like what if the refrigerator died and they're like, well, I ordered all this food for the week and now I can't keep it in the refrigerator. Like it was I don't ramen know
0: week do. for me. It's ramen <laughs> fried
1: chicken and pork dumpling week for me. Right. I mean, I like to think that most people are decent human beings. Also, if the app still gives you the opportunity to cancel, Maybe it's on the app, like maybe right. maybe once the food's starting to be prepared, you can't cancel anymore.
0: That's that's or you have to pay a, a cancellation fee or something like yeah, that, yeah. right? Now you say this person could be a, a good Samaritan who whose refrigerator maybe just stopped working at an, an opportune time. What if also this could have been a drunk lady named Karen who ordered a crap load of ramen because her appetite was, was insatiable. And then she microwaved a quesadilla at home and realized she didn't want $270 worth of ramen and just canceled it.
1: It could be, we could be weed. We could blame <laughs> could this be, all on marijuana. It's true. <laughs> somebody I mean, got really high for the first time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wanted. I wish I don't blame them. I understand. That's a good show. Like all of those are good menu choices. Now, on the other side. Here's my story. Uh uh-huh. I was driving for Uber and for Lyft, right? I was driving for both platforms because a lot of people do that. If one app is, you know, you don't have any requests and then something comes up on Lyft, you're like, "Great, I'll take a ride on Lyft. I'll I'll uh I'll go out of driver mode on Uber and I'll I'll start driving for Lyft and you kind of switch apps throughout the evening." Uh-huh. Now, there had been a Beyoncé concert. The Beyonce concert was being let out, and a ton of requests were coming in at surge prices.
1: Uh-huh. Nice.
0: Now, I had just beforehand gotten a request to pick up somebody. At not not a not a price-hiked price. It was just right. like a regular price. I, uh-huh. I was going to pick up this person. It was laid out, and it was a girl. And I had forgotten to close out my Lyft driver app. So then a request comes through to take someone like seriously, like a mile for $200.
1: Oh my gosh. From from the Beyonce concert.
0: Yes. From the Beyonce concert. And as I was, as I was driving, (laughs) as I turned to the corner, I saw this girl by herself on the residential street corner, waving me down and I drove right <laughs> And I picked up The other person And made $200 On that one mile drive So uh, who is The doer person Mystery food Canceler Or Uber driver Who uh, left a girl <laughs> To stand on the street By herself is, And probably ended up Paying $200 For her next driver Uh-huh Because uh-huh. I wanted to Make a little more money
1: Uh-huh Is this even a question Winner okay. of Dark web uh, <laughs> Trivia or whatever Like come on now this is pretty this is pretty easy Allie Johnson oh host of drop the subject you're the worst
2: oh no drop the subject the new channel Q
1: all right drop the subject rolling right along today there has been um an interesting uh, development in the world of social media with um hashtag ladybugs and, and ha- hashtag ladygram hashtag ladygram exactly and uh, there might be a very, very prominent Republican senator who might just be being outed. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. This is closet watch. Closet watch. <laughs> do you like that? I was trying to go for like a, like a announcer guy, dude. I
0: thought it was perfect. Thank uh, you. Uh, will you do it one more time for me, please? Yeah.
1: This. Is his closet more.
0: watch. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's but that, now I'm ready. Now, now I'm ready.
1: Now you are ready. So listen, Lindsey Graham, Republican senator from South Carolina, who just won his primary uh bid uh yesterday last night, actually, uh pretty handily actually over his uh, uh close republic or not so close to Republican opponent who now will go on to face Democrat Jamie Harrison in the primaries in November. I mean excuse me, in the generals in the in November. Has come under, not come under fire, but has been um, trying to be outed on social media. I will explain for you. There is a a prominent male escort and porn star, if you will, by the name of Sean Harding, who... uh, Now, is
0: that a stage name, do you think?
1: (laughs) I would guess it would be his stage name, although it's kind of a sort of like an average normal name, but that's all right. A A lot of these guys have multiple names. And he actually is a, a pretty big uh, Black Lives Matter movement um, supporter and protester. He's actually been speaking about out about these things for a really long time and about trans rights and particularly trans rights in, in the sex work industry, things like that. So he put a tweet out on June 4th that said, There is a homophobic Republican senator who is no better than Trump who keeps passing legislation that is damaging to the LGBT and minority communities. Every sex worker I know has been hired by this man. Wondering if enough of us spoke out that it could get him out of office.
0: Hell yeah! So so, and then there's this whole thing of well, if he if he's not coming out, do you need to pressure somebody to come out when they're not ready? Uh, if they're pa- if they're passing anti-LGBT legislation, I would say yes, they do have to cut. Like yes, you do. It's if you're right. just living your life in private and whatever, but if you are in office and you are actively trying to go against what you are literally going up against in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> Very good. Allie. Not Very chill. Good. Uh-huh. Well, and he, this, so listen, this got crazy. He, he actually like, so, so he had this tweet and then he didn't, you notice he didn't name anybody in that one. He actually said later on that day, I cannot do this alone. If you'd be willing to stand with me against LG, Please let me know. And that's when hashtag Lady Graham started trending, which apparently is the code name. So when for him, a, for him. So when sex workers, male escorts, etc., have done work with Lady Graham, they all refer always reference Lady Graham. He's had to go to the point of so just later on that day, seven hours later. Fellow sex work workers, I invite you to stand with me during this crucial time. Every major news network is in my inbox, including high-profile lawyers willing to take this case. <gasps> There's strength in numbers. I know you're out there because everyone has a story about LG when we talk. Oh, my God. And that just all happened in, like, one day. Well, there was sub-threads that went into this with other people who have been hired by hashtag Lady Graham, allegedly, with their stories. And one of these stories...
0: <laughs> I I need you. <laughs> I need you to read as much of this as you can without us getting fired. Do without you think us you can getting do fired. That?
1: So, oh my gosh, I don't have much time to do this. So someone is saying like he was hired in 2013. He walked into the room and he saw this person and he was like, oh my gosh, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. He went to the bathroom, Googled on his phone. He's like, oh my gosh, I think this is Lindsey Graham. It turned out to be Lindsey, Lindsey Graham. Then when he came back out of the bathroom, he saw this gentleman who he thought was Lindsey Graham on the bed naked on all fours. There were dark marks on his bottom <laughs> side. <laughs> <laughs> the escort asked if this person had showered and he said yes. And he asked if it was okay, if he wiped him down there just to kind of mm-hmm. help out, you know, okay. It wet, wet it to a face towel and wiped, but nothing was coming off. Mm-hmm. And then the escort realized that there wasn't dirt. It was, it was moles <laughs> And lots of dark moles and clusters. And the person who was on all fours on the bed said, oh, hope you don't mind. Those are just my little ladybugs. Well, you know,
0: I will say I've learned, I've been watching a lot of docu-series lately about Jeffrey Epstein, and there is a specific... Part of him that stands out to some of these women, and that's how they were able to connect some of these stories.
1: Uh-huh, so, yeah. if the
0: ladybugs are a common thread among these stories, that's a very specific thing. Like, I don't—I venture to say there wouldn't be hundreds of gay male porn stars that would make up that exact that, same that
1: exact same, right? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Um, but I—I I am very glad that we have answered the age-old question.
1: I wonder what's inside your butthole, I wonder what's inside your
3: butthole, maybe there's astronauts and maybe there's
2: aliens. it's not astronauts and aliens, we'll be right back. Drop the subject, the new channel Q.
1: Drop the subject on the new channel Q, I'm James, she's Allie, you are listening, and you are also proud, we hope, because it's June and LGBTQ Pride Month. And we are doing that thing here at channel Q, hashtag channel Q curbside Pride. It's super easy. We want to get involved. We want to know how you are celebrating your pride this year. We know it is digital, digital, we know it is virtual, but we're here to help out. So Head on over to WeAreChannelQ.com and upload photos or videos of how you are expressing your pride. When you do that, we're giving you a Channel Q lawn sign, window hangers, t-shirts, lawn games, and even for the first 50 folks who do this, an opportunity to be on air with Channel Q to share what pride means to you. Again, you can find out more details at WeAreChannelQ.com where you will upload your video or picture. Or visit our socials at We Are Channel Q. And before we go any further, we did a little digging because this is what we do here at Drop the Subject. We get deep, real deep, <laughs> especially when moles it comes. Moles deep. We get moles deep because we wonder what's <laughs> inside, and. It's moles. It's moles. It's moles. It's ladybugs. We have learned now that the controversy continues with uh, Lindsey Graham, who we mentioned in the last break. Apparently, there's a a new tweet now that says, I'm the author of the Lady G ladybug story. That story was a bit of satire, a bit of fantasy. I deleted it from Facebook and Medium when I realized it went viral. I don't want to... expletive the credit credibility of the escorts preparing to come out about lady G also sorry to ladybugs that Twitter account however only has 50 57 <laughs> followers and okay. like four tweets so okay so
0: we're not positive that the mole story is correct <laughs> I'm gonna go with that it is
1: until I get harder evidence to the contrary harder evidence to the contrary very good Um, and James yes ma'am do you think
0: that robots are racist
1: That robots are racist. So, I mean, if you ask the, like, academically prepared brain in me, I would have to say that robots are constructed by human beings who have implicit bias, who are racist. (laughs) So, so, yes, we probably build racist robots would be my guess. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple of things going on here. Number one a most recent story was that Microsoft replaced some of their human editors with AI,
1: uh-huh. and
0: the AI is making racist mistakes, and they're being called out as racist. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. what happened was, in this specific example, there was there were some editorial workers that got switched to automated systems uh, for MSN.com. And that's so that's Microsoft's news app. Mm -hmm. They were talking about some British girl group called Little Mix. Yeah. And they mixed up two of the mixed race girls. Oh, called and one, one can, and the called other, one, the other. other. Yeah. And like had bios and information on each of them that were completely switched. Uh, and it was like, no way I know. Well, this, ha- but, I mean,
1: people talk about this happens all, all often. Uh, yeah. Padma Lakshmi uh, has talked about how this, she gets confused with Priyanka Chopra all the time
0: Oh, just right. because
1: they're the two most famous, beautiful Indian women in Hollywood, right. In the States. Right. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not,
0: I'm not Priyanka Chopra. Priyanka
1: Chopra. <laughs> Never have been. She's also like 15 years my junior, but you know, whatever. So yeah, yeah, I can see this.
0: Well, and there's also interesting studies about racial bias when it comes to robots in general, because like you said, people, the people who are making the robots and us as humans are judging robots Based on the color of not their skin, but their metal, right? If you see a white robot, you may have a different opinion than if you see a black robot because our biases transcend human <laughs> human life, apparently. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of interesting when you look at it, almost all assistants, virtual assistants, and robots are white. Like Alexa sounds like a white lady. Mm-hmm. Siri sounds like a white lady. Mm-hmm. Even if you pick different accents on the Apple uh, settings, it's like you can do Irish, British. It, I mean, even the South African woman is a white, like it she sounds like a white lady. Like a white, so South what's
1: African with lady. that? Hmm. I, I mean, I think that's really interesting, but also, I mean, it goes back to this deep. I know this is going to be, I know people are getting a little bit exhausted. I'm with you. I just, have to say we just have to keep going you just have to keep learning these things so think about the people who are primarily in robotics and in engineering Asian guys and then <laughs> Asian guys I don't know Allie that might be a little you know I'm just saying. so you know like if, if it's white guys who are in academics who learn this stuff who are then they're building it in their likeness right like if you don't have black women around building robots they're not going to look like black women because of our implicit racial biases like and I think that really sucks
0: well, and, but it's also interesting that most robot assistants are women when there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, like there's not a lot of women working in tech.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. Well, because women are, are always assistants, Allie.
0: We're just help. We're just helping. You're just we're just here, just here, to, here help. to help the men. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, well, we will be right back. We're going to give you some results from the primaries that took place yesterday. I know it's hard to keep it all straight, but some primaries took place yesterday, especially in Georgia. They were having lots of problems. AI was not going well there either. We'll get to that when we get
2: back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's
0: hard to keep up with all the things going on in the world right now, but there were primaries yesterday, so we thought we'd update you on some of the results or lack thereof. If you are in Georgia The lack thereof would uh, would apply to you because there are not results there are investigations Um, but let's just start with south carolina because as we mentioned in the last hour lindsey graham kept his seat his senate seat and also uh, another kind of bummer town result coming out of south carolina is state representative nancy mace Uh, She won over Democratic-Republican Joe Cunningham. It was one of the more competitive House races in in the country. And she is, you know, she's a lady. She's a Trump supporter. She's super, super conservative. So that, I guess, is not super, super surprising. But uh, (laughs) because I guess Donald Trump won by uh, double digits in 2016, Um So uh, I expect that it's going to stay fairly red in South Carolina for a little while. But in Georgia, there is a lot of... Confusion, And there were they were opening up investigations into the voting before the polls even closed yesterday. People were in lines that were insanely long. They missed their some of them just missed their one shot to actually go in and vote. And like we've said before, with the unemployment rates surging. Um, you know, the people who do have their jobs are probably afraid to leave work and actually get out there and wait in line at the polls. They probably don't have as much time or security as they had before. Um, There's also just the the threat of coronavirus. People don't want to be standing in large groups or being around a lot of people for long periods of time. And this was we've heard this time and time again, where they'll try new forms of technology. And then that form of technology fails miserably. And they spent a hundred million dollars on these new voting machines that have, they said everything that could have gone wrong went wrong.
1: Right. I think that's incredible. That's the Fulton County board uh, commissioner, chairman Rob Pitts uh, was saying everything that could have gone wrong did. Wait, so (laughs) what, why spend as a part of your hundred million dollars, everyone knows this you do a lot of robust testing right you run real world simulations so you're telling me that all of these issues that they ran into yesterday this was the first time that they ever yes. had these issues and, and so they're so I know we're not supposed to use this word anymore, but so problematic in so many different <laughs> ways the, this, these are elections. This is our right as Americans to do this. And it is more so much more important now than ever mm-hmm. for individuals to be able to vote. Like we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, particularly at the local and community levels, and then to have a hundred million dollar machines screw up conveniently on the day of elections.
0: Well, you know, I think that's why the investigation is happening. But they said that one of the key problems is not the, not the technology itself, but poll workers inserting voter access cards upside down. So here's uh, the other aspect to this. <laughs> because, so up. you have a
1: machine that's so sensitive that it can't even just be like, oh, the card's <laughs> upside down, please. Right. My, my, sorry, the car wash tells me that I put in my debit card upside down. She doesn't just completely (laughs) malfunction when I put in my debit card upside down. The car wash spits it back out and says, try again, idiot. Yeah, sometimes they even have a
0: little man who's like, please reinsert your card. And you're like, oh.
1: Your card.
0: Right, that's all, that's all. That's all that's all you need. And I will say that most of the time when I go to my polling places, the polling workers are an average of 107 years old. And if you have new forms of technology, there's going to be probably some frustration, some confusion, but they usually have been trained and educated on how to work the new technology. And it was a slow, it was slow. Okay. Well, she kind of explained it to me, but also was confirming for herself that ev- how everything was working, <laughs> but we got there. Uh, everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. But here's my thing. When you're creating new technology, why don't we just go with the people who are great at creating technology? Why don't we just go to Apple? Why don't we just go to Google? And why don't we just say, hey, you guys handle this. Government Uh making new technology does not work. They don't know how to do it. Right. Okay. So why don't we just, I know that that might be a conflict of interest, but just let the tech people take over. And I I swear we will all have incredible iPads with an incredibly secure voting system. And it's all going to be like, all of the polling workers will be replaced by robots. It'll all be fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they'll totally be replaced by robots. I, listen, I, I think this is so infuriating to me. I'm trying to think of all of the, you know, when I, in my corporate life, I used to help deploy new technology systems. There was n- no, absolutely not. Before we would quote go live with a new technology, that thing was tested robustly a hundred thousand times, including right. with the executives who were 98 years old, who needed to be able to use this thing. And we would literally go and sit down with them and we watch them break it. Watch them (laughs) screw it up a hundred times and then fix those things and then retrain them and then go back and fix the system. Right. And be like, okay, 90 percent of people are clicking this button. Right. So we need to move the button. Like this is the things you do, especially if you're going to spend one hundred and four million dollars of taxpayers money. I can't. But at least I feel like Iowa feels sort of vindicated.
0: Right, like because we, they had we their the app was ones. a total, yeah, it was totally <laughs> awful. And they were like, cool, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, when, even when a new iPhone comes out, you know, you have little bugs and things like that. And they do that bug fix update pretty much as soon as you get it. So uh-huh. even they have tr- tried and tested so many different things before it gets mass released. And then they immediately have, they have a ton of people on it to make sure that it is being fixed in like in real time. Right. So that you don't have those problems for too long. There's also not that process taking place. So if they're seeing, oh, the polls are open and everything's going wrong, there's nobody to like fix it. Everyone's just like, nah, you know, it's right. like the printer is on fire and everyone just runs away.
1: <laughs> and that's exactly what what happens. And it was causing four and a half to five hour long waits in lots of places. Oh my and as LeBron James, so aptly pointed out on Twitter, this was primarily happening in poorer communities and communities of color of
0: course is so, that shocking
1: it's right shocking so you tell people like the most important thing you can do is vote but then but they you,
0: make it purposefully difficult uh-huh. for people
1: of color to vote uh-huh and and that literally people were tweeting and were like i i went to vote in a different part of town where it was wealthier and predominantly more white and people are strolling in and out with no problem. And I go (gasps) back to my local polling place and there's a three hour wait in a a black community in Atlanta. Yeah.
0: Well, and don't they make it hard to go outside of your district to vote? Uh
1: I think, I think, I think Georgia has fixed that law. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, At least some counties have anyway. Um, But yes, that's exactly the thing that you have to vote where you live and that whole thing. And ugh. So yeah. awful.
0: Ugh, man. All right. And it's about to get worse because we're about to trump around. I know, I know. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop
0: the subject with Ellie and James. Hey, do you want to participate in pride with us? You don't even need to leave your house. How's that? You can stay in your sweatpants and get pridey with us as a part of Channel Q's curbside pride. Hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. Here's what you have to do just go to wearechannelq.com. Upload a video or a photo of you expressing your pride, however, whether that's dancing or expression. Yeah. Well, expressing yourself, whatever you want to do, you can decorate your house. You can make a, you can wear a rainbow mask, as I said earlier. You can put on a little T-shirt or, uh, and whatever you want to do, and and then the first fifty uploads will receive a limited edition Q curbside pride pack, which includes a Channel Q lawn sign, a window hanger, some Channel Q T-shirts, some swag, lawn games, an opportunity to be on the air with us, all kinds of good stuff, just for uploading a picture or a video. It's pretty simple. Go to wearechannelq.com to enter. Or you can follow us at We Are Channel Q. Very ex- excited uh, to share that with you. Pride lives on in your home, and we are together in pride this year. So now, now that we've talked about equality and fun things, let's talk about the president of the United States. This is Trump around.
1: <laughs> uh, i was so excited too. I know, I got you excited and then I brought you down. Proud and and virtually and digitally and proud and rainbow masks. And anyway, Donald.
0: Yep. Let's talk about some of the conspiracy theories that he's been touting and what the GOP has to say about them.
1: Shall we? No. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump has never pushed any conspiracy ever, Allie Johnson. (laughs)
0: Yes. So there was a protester in Buffalo who, if you didn't hear, he was a 75-year-old man and he was shoved by the police. It was a video that went viral. Everybody was commenting on it and very outraged by it. And Donald Trump has been retweeting and not necessarily, and suggesting that this 75-year-old man named Martin uh, Gugino was possibly part of a setup (laughs) um, and that it was part of Antifa that he was like working for Antifa and he was a pro- he was a a setup and a provo- provocateur and all of this and all of this stuff which you know when you really are crazy something that happens is that you have this narrative and this reality that you've created for yourself right and then when that bubble of reality of your own reality that you've created starts getting holes in it you just put up pieces of tape to keep that bubble going and pieces of tape are usually just lies and conspiracy theories that kind of just keep things in that 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 make sure that you are still maintaining that current reality
1: yeah it it sure is and when your news source for you struggling to maintain your current reality or pushing these, uh, you know, controversial uh, and conspiracy theories is is a news source like One America News Network, which mm-hmm. he acts in his tweet, in this conspiracy tweet. He's like, oh, A-N-N, I watched, fell harder than he was pushed, was aiming scanner, could be a setup. Um, so One America News Network, by the way, if you're uh, unfamiliar... Fox News thinks they are too far right. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) They are. Say no more. Mega right. Based in San Diego. They've got offices, I think, in D.C. and New York. Uh, Yeah, they are. Whoa. And so as we have talked a little bit about, uh, Donald Trump has actually been a little bit upset with some of the Fox News folks um, as of recent, including like individuals like Sean Hannity, who thinks they're
0: not backing him up enough. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and Sean Hannity is like, we should we should ban chokeholds. Like even Sean Hannity is like, "Ah, we maybe shouldn't put our knee on people's necks." So it's very interesting that now Donald Trump is is, and this is not the first time, of course he's been at them. But I think what's really interesting about this too, is that this extends to uh, a Republican leadership who were asked by reporters what their response was for the President of the United States pushing a far right conspiracy theory on Twitter. This just let that sink in a little bit because this is actually fairly significant that our president is pushing you know radical idea and and conspiracy theories and the uh, Republican leadership like Basically, completely ignored the question.
0: (laughs) Yes. And they've been asked, uh, several GOP senators and and people in office have been asked. And the general consensus is, I'd rather not talk about that. I don't want to comment on it right now. I'm on my way to a meeting. Uh, I'd rather not hear it. Um, Voters can evaluate that on their own. I'm not going to give a running uh, commentary on the president's tweets. Okay, so they're. Response has been what most Republicans' response has been since his election, which is, I'm just going to literally turn this way and pretend none of that is going on.
1: Uh, Isn't that something else that you—I'm just—I'm not going to give a running commentary, but see what— What Lamar Alexander, who is who said that probably means is like, I don't want to give credence or credibility to the to the Don's Mm -hmm. ramblings on Twitter. Like if I comment on them all the time, that gives them some sort of credibility. And because Lamar Alexander has spoken out about uh, against Trump in the past. and And you know or you get these random, vague sort of things like Steve Danes of Montana. The violence we are seeing across the nation is heartbreaking. We all need to pull together, both for civility and peaceful dialogue no cool. no no like like boring bland platitudes aren't gonna work anymore, dude. a
0: lot of nothing yeah. yeah i think people are literally looking for answers and like what do you think about this you know it's just like ever since you got elected you just go what about this and they're like hmm, well what about this um well what about that uh you know what i don't want to comment on this cool yeah i think that answers our questions thank you very much we'll be right back
2: drop the subject the new channel q
1: Drop The Subject Presents
4: News It or Lose It
0: News It or Lose It time, that's right, I've got three headlines James, you have three decisions to make You news or lose whatever headlines you so choose Are you ready?
1: I am ready (laughs) Very aggressive today
0: (laughs) Very, I love it Here's your first headline COVID free Italian town selling $1 houses.
1: Oh, uh, sure. Okay.
0: Headline number two nostalgia continues with Bill and Ted's new movie trailer.
1: Nope. zero zero desire I didn't like Bill and Ted then I didn't like whatever I'm like Uh okay so we have a whole movie about it's you know what are you ready for this I'm about to be that guy like I didn't I'm one of those people who just like couldn't do Seinfeld like I can't can't like a show with no point or no purpose and I was like really I want to watch and literally I'm thinking this in the 90s right I want to watch two annoying clueless white dudes run around and like do stupid stuff no I don't want to watch But it now you do either.
0: like Stoner Classics like half-baked and Harold and Kumar and those kinds of things, which Uh, also don't really have a point. Definitely
1: Harold and Kumar because I have a White Castle thing. (laughs) But it's more... Right,
0: so you have to have some kind of relatability to it because they're literally just going to White Castle. Right,
1: right. I do. guess I do like watch a lot of Cheech and Chong when I was younger too, which is sort of pointless (laughs) as well.
0: (laughs) But a different kind of pointless. I get get it. Right, right. I did have a little bit of a Bill and Ted thing, but it was very much in the moment and then it passed. I'm not one of those people who's like, we gotta have Have a Bill and Ted. I would ask for a biodome before I would ask for a Bill and Ted.
1: Oh, uh, wow. That's that's intense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely saw that in theaters for my birthday one year. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Headline number three former NASA astronaut becomes the first woman ever to reach the deepest part of the Earth.
1: Ooh. Ding. Where there's like all these creatures and things that live that we've never even known of that the probably yes. like dinosaurs and stuff down there and aliens and spaceships and a whole other, a whole new Right? World. They're
0: like, okay, here's like a centaur fish with half seahorse head and a jellyfish body.
1: Right. And it's like the size like of like Mount Everest, but it's just like chilling in the water.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Kathy Sullivan, she's a Kathy. She's great. She was the first American woman to complete a spacewalk. Now, she is the first woman to descend 35,000 feet to the Ocean Floor. Whoa. The deepest point in the Earth's ocean.
1: The Mariana Trench? Do you know Do you know the deepest part of the ocean? Yeah, it's called the Mariana Trench. I told you. Uh
0: the Earth, it, it resides currently within the Mariana Trench. Yes, you're correct.
1: I'm totally like an uh, like a geography nerd.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you could have I that's just, is this that just random knowledge or are you just it's like, the like year where did thing. you learn? Did you study that or you just know it?
1: No, I literally like, our people are like, what should we watch tonight? Let's watch that new movie that just came out. And I'm like, yes, let's watch that new national geographic special that just came out about, right. you know, this 10,000 species we discovered in the Mariana Trench last year. Like I am that guy. <laughs> cool. Know, so annoying.
0: Um, well, I find this fascinating as well. It's 6.9 miles below the surface of the Pacific ocean and it is considered the deepest point of the Earth's oceans, and it resides in the Mariana Trench. It is a mighty sickle cell, uh, sickle-shaped cell, sickle depression lying about 1,100 1, uh, miles east of the Philippines. The pressure at the bottom is over 1,000 times the pressure at sea level. My God, your ears would hurt very bad. Oh. She was accompanied by Victor uh, Vescovo, an entrepreneur and a deep-sea explorer. And obviously, they went in a submarine. That wasn't a snorkel expedition. And in, tor- in total, the expedition lasted just under four hours. So it was a very historical dive. It was part of the Ring of Fire expedition. And I would imagine they're just kind of exploring down there to see to see what's up or what's down, rather. Um, so it, it's just a cool history-making expedition.
1: That is. That's super cool. You know, the only other really person of, of like, worldwide renown who has been down there no 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 No. I didn't
0: even know Mariana Trench okay
1: (laughs) uh James Cameron Producer of the Titanic and other great films. He did
0: he go down there just to be down there or
1: kind of yeah? He like ever since doing the Titanic, he's like apparently been like seafloor obsessed. And so he <laughs> did the whole like, I'm gonna be a rich dude and pay somebody to like take me down to the Mariana Trench. So,
0: well, oh wow. I mean, I guess if you got the money and you've got the obsession, yeah, um, yeah. I know that for me, Sebastian was how I got first obsessed with the ocean floor, it just looked like so much fun. <laughs>
1: Dog, okay, it's wetter. downward. It's wet. take it. It um, is. Yeah.
0: I mean, it looked very exciting. Okay, mm. let's talk about the city of Sinca Do you know about that place?
1: Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> it <stumps Okay>. me.
0: <laughs> it's a community in the southern region of Calabria, which is in Italy. It is the toe of the boot, apparently. And it called itself a COVID free village. After swerving the ravages of the virus that took place in the country and, of course, in the whole world, as we know, they are now selling houses for a buck.
1: Whoa.
0: They say, despite being surrounded by the natural beauty of the rugged astro National Park and overlooking both the Ionian and... Okay, there's too many words that I can't. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Cincafrondi's urban scenery is scarred by ramshackle dwellings. So, I guess... The the village is kind of run down. They want to get more people in there. So if you buy one of these, you know, places that needs a little fixer up, you just pay a buck and you move on in and you, I don't know, grow some wine and call it a
1: life. And there you go. I guess that's, well, I mean, that's one way to bring back your economy, like sell houses for a dollar.
2: Drop the subject. The new channel Q.
1: You are right. We are back. It is drop the subject. Thank you, announcer lady. And... (laughs) Hashtag Channel Q Curbside Pride is still going on. This is the thing. Listen, Pride is virtual and it's digital this year and that is the thing, but we are trying to do our part to help it out, to help you out, to make it a fun Pride and still feel um, uh, proud of our community, uh, especially because of everything going on in the world, not in spite of. And so listen... We want to see how you are doing your pride. How are you celebrating pride? Are you painting your face? Are you decorating your house? Are you wearing a rainbow mask? We may have said that 14 times already today. (laughs) Uh, So the first 50 people who upload uh, a picture or a video of how you are celebrating your pride. And we want to see a little catwalk action there, a little runway action when you do. Uh, We've got Channel Q lawn and window signs for you. Window hangers. Channel lawn Q. Games? T-shirts, I mean, lawn games. T shirts. I mean, it's Channel Q awesome.
0: Cornhole.
1: Ch- Channel Q Cornhole for <laughs> uploading your video of how you're celebrating Pride. And of course, this is super fun an opportunity to be on air with Channel Q to share what it means to you. Head on over to wearechannelq.com or go to our socials at wearechannelq.
0: Very nice. Well, another thing that is happening today is, of course, earlier in the week, we shared with you that the Democrats proposed a bill on police reform. There were a lot of bullet points in that bill. And today, the House Judiciary Committee is hearing a bunch of testimony from a a wide range of people, including George Floyd's brother on racial profiling, police brutality, and this is all in preparation for the House to vote on this new bill. So we wanted to share with you some of the words that came from uh, George Floyd's brother, Filonese. Filonize? Filonese. Ah, Filonese. <laughs> I was like, don't second guess yourself. Filonese,
4: ah! Philonese.
0: Um, which he had some very powerful words in his opening statement.
4: George, that day, he was killed, but... Maybe by speaking with you today, I can make sure that his death would not be in vain. To make sure that he is more than another face on a T-shirt, more than another name on a list that won't stop growing. George always made sacrifices for our family and he made sacrifices for complete strangers. He gave the little that he had to help others He was our gentle giant. I was reminded of that when I watched the video of his murder. He called all the officers, sir. He was mild mannered. He didn't fight back. He listened to all the officers. The man who took his life, who suffocated him for eight minutes and 46 seconds, he still called them sir as he begged for his life. I mean
0: yeah it's 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 all (laughs) i mean you know you you hear things like that and it obviously has an effect and it's still very important for us to to hear those words let them sink in and i'm really glad that something like this is happening it's been really interesting watching the live footage of of uh floyd's brother and many other i mean also a lot of black law enforcement executives and police chiefs talking about kind of where they think things should head where where how should we do things differently should we defund the police should we dismantle the police should we what what is the proper form of police reform and another voice that we heard from in these hearings is a is a black woman by the name of Uh, Angela Underwood Jacobs, and she's on city council in Lancaster, and she had a very interesting personal story because her brother, um, named Officer David Underwood, he was a member of the Federal Protective Services, and he was shot and killed during one of the protests in Oakland, and so it's, it's just interesting to hear so many different stories and so many different perspectives on how on on what's happening in the world right now and and kind of what to do about it, because she's somebody saying, no, we shouldn't defund the police. But then many others are saying we should. And uh, this isn't the answer. It is the answer. So it's just kind of interesting to see the different perspectives and where it might all end up
1: yeah and and even at a time like this you know there's still unfortunately on both sides of the aisle i will say but individuals are making this a political you know spectacle if you will ranking member of the house judiciary committee jim jordan who gave an opening statement you know said all the particulars that he needed to say and then he also was like you know this congress started off with the democrat folks on the left saying we should abolish ice then move to we should abolish the entire department of homeland security and now they're talking about abolishing the police No one is talking about completely abolishing the police. This is what we talked about earlier. Semantics matter. But I'm glad we're at least opening up the discussion because we got to keep pushing for that real change we all need.
0: Absolutely. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject.
2: Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Yes,
0: welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. This is... A familiar song familiar sound to many out there gone with the wind is now gone from hbo max urch <laughs> what did you say urch? Said, urch that was my bad bad
1: attempt at a record scratch
0: <laughs> i really like urch just urch. saying urch
1: urch yes there are- she's gone
0: she's she's gone because of course if you have never seen the movie then you maybe wouldn't know that it's super racist. I mean, you listen to little, little, little clips here and there. Um, I mean, it's a long ass movie, so there's a lot of racist clips that I could play for you. This is just one of many that exists.
4: What is it, Prissy? Miss Millie, she had her baby today.
1: Aww.
0: So, I mean, the way that these characters are being portrayed is is I mean the the HBO Max said it better than I can which is it wasn't okay then and it's not okay now so we are going to remove it from our repertoire but that's not all I mean a lot of things are being canceled right now and I'm not just talking about movies TV shows people uh statues even Christopher Columbus got a real Got a real ass whooping yesterday. Uh, There was a beheading of, of Christopher Columbus's statue that took place in one city, oh, in Boston, and then another was torn down, set on fire, and thrown in a Virginia lake by protesters who say that the Explorer, of course, represented genocide. So statues on the outs as well.
1: I'm loving every single second of this, by the way. I I have been like a a stan against Christopher Columbus, I think, since elementary school, being someone who has. So I have indigenous blood in me, but I do not have a, a close relationship with any specific tribe other than the Omaha Sioux who were the closest reservation to where I grew up. And my mom did some work there. So we, and we also have some good friends of our family who are Macaw. So these, this influence on me very early on, we're Uh like, uh, no, Christopher ain't the dude.
0: No, Um, he's definitely not. Yeah. He's not the dude. And I, I, I'm really loving the trend. I mean, I I'm loving it as you are, but I'm also loving the trend of just throwing things in the water when you don't like them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the poor water.
0: I know (laughs) they're just like throw it in the lake like (laughs) drag it over there and throw it in the lake (laughs) ripping it out of the ground the amount of effort that it takes to rip a statue out of the ground and then get it into a lake and beheading a statue, too. I mean, the sawing that needs to take place. It's all. But I mean, every year I feel like on Columbus Day, we talk about why are there still statues of the guy? Why are we why is the narrative that he's this great hero that discovered America? You know, that narrative. And, you know, when we talk to Dr. John Paul about the education that we're all given, it's so skewed and
1: whitewashed. Is a, it is super skewed and, and whitewashed. And I'm glad these things are, are happening. Although, people, there are people like, are you surprised Megyn Kelly is having an epic meltdown on Twitter right now? Oh no. <laughs> because, you know, she's like, uh, so in, in response to removing of, of Gone with the Wind, so HBO Max is removing Gone with the Wind, but going to replace it with a discussion about race right. down the line, they said. But so Megyn Kelly, in response to that, said, are we going to pull all of the movies in which women are treated as sex objects too? Guess how many films we'd have left? Where does this end? Mm. Okay, categorically different conversation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. definitely a, a different conversation. And I understand like what she, where she's coming from with that. Sure. But I think like like when Disney Plus came out, They they added like a disclaimer on some of their movies to say, hey, there are some sensitive things here. There are some triggering things here. We're going to let you decide whether you want to watch it or not.
1: Absolutely. I mean, which I think
0: is a good one. You know, like you can't erase all of the movies that are out there, but it's also like I get you need to acknowledge that that was not okay the way that those people were portrayed.
1: Yeah, and then it also gives you an opportunity, like if you're a parent, right, to sit down and be like, okay, we're going to watch this, but we're also going to talk about like why these things are problematic from a a racial standpoint, a sexual identity standpoint, a a gender standpoint, et cetera. You know, there are... uh, The canceling doesn't end with movies, though, of course. Um, Everyone's favorite reality TV, Allie. I know you are super into like the Kardashians and Vanderpump (laughs) Rules and like all of those shows. Mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. Um, so... uh, Unfortunately, the hammer has come down on a couple of people, Stacey Schroeder and Kristen Dute, uh, who reported a fellow cast member on their show, Vanderpump Rules, named Faith Stowers. They reported her to police for a crime she had nothing to do with.
0: Yeah, there was, and I believe there have been many other complaints about them in general, but there was a, a Daily Mail article that was, hey, people are looking for this, black woman who committed this crime and they uh-huh. basically put it out on Twitter and they were like this is her and it was like what uh, and I think they kind of did a half-ass apology but now that all this happened is happening it's reigniting the flame and now they are gone from the show which boy I don't know about you but I'm gonna miss
1: yeah I, I mean it's just gonna be <laughs> devastating for the show yeah there's also new cast members who had just premiered this past season Max Bullions and Brett Caprioni, who uh, did are not Max and scroll- Brett gone too? Yeah, Max and Brad are gone uh, because, you know, old racist tweets. I feel like that's everyone. (laughs) Like everyone's got these old racist tweets that did they think people weren't going to go investigate them? Anyway, these people have been fired from the show and they're out. They're gone. Uh, And actually, Andy uh, Cohen addressed this on his radio show on Sirius XM um, on Bravo Andy. And he was like, I think this is the right move. This is absolutely what we should have done. Uh, but he was like, I just want to remind everyone, I'm not in charge of programming at Bravo anymore. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm that's not, he was like trying to remove himself from this very much because apparently some other celebrities uh, who, who may even not know that were coming at Andy and they're like, How do you have these people on a show that you're in charge of? He's like, I'm not actually in charge of programming at Bravo anymore.
0: Well, and I went to Bravo's website today because I was reading about this story and now they have a tab for Black Lives Matter. <sighs> which I of just kind of feel like do. I'm like, okay. So they're like, Oh, this isn't okay anymore guys. Okay. So get rid of all the racist people. Um, right. put a tab up that says that we care about stuff. And, um, anyway, when this all dies down, we'll take it off and re- then, it's like, okay, come on along. Yeah. Exactly. And
1: in the, uh, in the annals, I know we have to wrap up but the annals of, um, uh, middle-aged white guys resigning from their jobs because of dumb racist stuff. Uh, Bon Appetit editor in chief, Adam Rappaport also stepped down uh Monday. This was a couple days ago over accusations of bias and discrimination, uh, uh, discriminatory culture at Condé Nast owned magazine Bon Appétit. He apparently um, had a really inappropriate culture there referenced. He wanted his coffee to look like Rihanna publicly. Um, he also has, there's some old pictures uh, surfaced of him and his wife going in brown face. They, they dressed up as Puerto Rican individuals for Halloween. Uh, and just an overall sort of, of discriminatory and like uh, difficult culture that he had fostered at the magazine. So He has resigned to, uh, what is that reflect on the work that I need to do as a human being and allow Bon Appetit to get to a better place. Mm,
0: Yes. Why don't you reflect on yourself as a human being? And, uh, I mean, at, at least there's that, I mean, at least I would hope that he can make some improvements and it was the right thing to do to resign. If you're creating a toxic culture, um, we will be right back with more drop the subject.
2: Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
0: Drop the subject, Allie and James. Do you want to participate in Pride? Of course you do. Do you want to live your house? It might be kind of questionable. I mean, COVID cases are rising, so... Let's face it. People are going to be celebrating from home. That includes pride. So we want to celebrate with you by bringing pride to your curb. It is curbside pride. Hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. Here's how you participate. It's so easy. It hurts. All you have to do is go to wearechannelq.com and upload a little video or a picture. What is that little video or picture? Well, it's just an example of how you're expressing your pride. Maybe it's a, a video of your catwalk or your runway walk as we... Mentioned yesterday, maybe it's a um, maybe it's a nice thong if you want to show that off. I'd love to see that. All you have to do is upload it, and the first fifty uploads receive a nice little lawn sign, a window hangers, Channel Q T-shirts, lawn games, an opportunity to be on the air with Channel Q. You get all kinds of great stuff. When do you get free stuff just for uploading one video and picture? You do that like seventeen thousand times a day. So just go to WeAreChannelQ.com and upload your picture or video. And you can also do so by following us at We Are Channel Q. Did it's you time. say huh? thong? I did.
1: Thong. Uh huh.
0: I mean, I always love a good rainbow thong around pride. I feel like if I. I I play like a thong drinking game where every time I see one, I have to take a shot or a sip of my drink. Usually at (laughs) Pride, I'm pretty S-faced by noon. Uh
1: Uh-huh. So you need, uh, uh, okay, so we need all of the drop the subject listeners to put on their rainbow thongs and send the pictures directly to Allie.
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. And I'll have a lovely Saturday. It's time for the GMA. It's Wednesday. That's right. That means that James and I get to know each other a little better. I ask him any question I want about being a member of the LGBTQ+ community and he gets to ask me a question as well. Here's mine for you, James.
1: Uh-oh, I'm ready.
0: You know, we've we've had some great conversations this week and last about mm-hmm. some of the fetishizing of people in the black community in 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 the queer uh, in the queer universe correct
1: yeah absolutely yes
0: now people have some expectations they say things and they 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 place you in a certain mindset when they learn that you're a a black queer guy Mm -hmm. do do you notice that in terms of you being a country boy as well So like, oh, you're a, you're a Nebraska cowboy. Why don't you put on your little bootstrap? Like if you go to Saddle Rack, you're going to go and see some, some sexy cowboy action. Do Uh people expect that from you when they know that you are an Omaha man?
1: Uh huh. Very, very interesting. Uh, I certainly no one has ever asked me this question, Allie. I love it. Um, no one
0: are you being sarcastic or is that no? True? I really okay. no,
1: no one's really ever asked me that. Uh, like it, this question in this manner. Some people do a little bit, but it's a little bit more about the fact that I have this like closet love for country music, and it is something that I wrestle with. It is one of my demons, it is one of my things that I just. It's very difficult sometimes for me to talk about because so much of country music and country musicians is so bad and so racist. Mm-hmm, so I sort mm-hmm. of limit my country music to people like Sugarland and Little Big Town, <laughs> like um,
0: Dixie Chicks. Yeah, Dixie
1: Chicks, right? Like people who we know are like you know at least in the middle of things politically and just not like overtly racist. Um, yeah. Casey but,
0: Musgraves.
1: Uh, Casey Casey Musgraves is amazing and super talented. And I, I must say, I do know that Sugarland and Little Big Town and Dixie Chicks are not racist, uh, for what I know of them. So I get more of that. I get more of like, oh, you're from Nebraska and you listen to country music. Oh, and they'll, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the gays. They'll say something dumb like, oh, you must know how to ride really well. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so that sort of thing. I, I, I do find myself, though... Um, sometimes attracted to that
0: right you're like okay with that part a little more
1: yeah cuz i think it's you know we've talked about this before but i have had such an interesting upbringing of of like growing up in a predominantly black neighborhood and to attending a predominantly black school uh, but that in omaha right in a smaller it's a smaller neighborhood and then going and being in rural nebraska on the weekends so like rural white midwestern upbringing is part of who i am and so like i do know how to ride a horse and i do know how to like fix cars and like i have baled hay and sh- you know shucked corn and all those mm-hmm. things right it's like very very interesting and not that those are exclusively white things but yeah so i don't know no one's ever said oh you're from nebraska like what's up cowboy
0: well, you broke back mountain my mountain <laughs> drop
2: the subject the new channel Q.
1: You are correct. Today is Wednesday. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. And on Wednesdays, we do the GMA. We uh, we didn't really do this last week, but I think it's okay that we are doing it again now. Well, we did it and a little you...
0: differently. We did it with Travel
1: We did, uh, yeah, like the Travel version of the GMA. But in terms of the traditional GMA, mm-hmm. where Allie and I find out uh, about... Each other and learn more about our individual cultures and our individual selves. Um, Last break, Allie asked me about being from Nebraska and if that gets some people's country uh, fetish going, guile up Mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. I like that word, guile. Uh, So I thought about keeping it thematically the same, but I'm not in honor of Pride Month, Allie. Oh God! I definitely, of course, understand what gay boy pride in a big city is like. But I think contrary to uh, many popular beliefs, I feel like the pride experience for a young gay man, particularly when he's single, is maybe categorically different than the pride experience for a young lesbian. Because at the end of the day, it appears like we never show up at the same parties. No, we certainly don't. Or we're at the same bars, or we are as s faced in the same way. So, can you describe for me and the listeners, like your and I don't like not you're not that you're speaking for all lesbians, but like, what's Lesbian Day Pride like?
0: Thank you. I will answer for all lesbians. <laughs> if lesbians could just do Lesbian Pride, here's what it would be. Mm-hmm. It would be a giant square mile of couches where lesbians just laid together and spooned and snuggled.
1: <laughs> I don't believe you <laughs> at all. It's true. <laughs> okay.
0: When it comes down to it, a lot of lesbians don't go out. They, and I. this is something that I've had a bone to pick with for quite a while because I would always read about, you know, iconic lesbian bar shuts down. Another iconic lesbian bar shuts down. Blah, blah, blah. Like girl bars are few and far between these days, the best that we get is like a ladies night at a gay bar. It's like uh-huh. Thursday yep. is like girls night. And that's when all the lesbies come out. And I think that that, that culture of the people who still go out is very young. I think that older lesbians, middle-aged and older lesbians that have, you know, met their partners or whatever, they're very much homebodies or they go to, you know, they go on camping trips and they're adventurous in that little kind of nature way. Uh I, I, I'm, I'm just completely generalizing here. Obviously. But when I, when I had, I had great prides when I was younger and I mean, I met my first girlfriend at pride and it was very much, all right, you know, we're all going to walk around with our tops off and little star stickers over our nipples and we're going to get all the totes and we're going to just get super drunk and we're going to dance with whoever. And it was very much that culture for me when I was younger. But then when I got older, I was like, all right, you know, and I've done, I've done pride a lot. I've done like, there was sometimes where I marched and I did more uh i don't know i did different things at pride and now Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like i i I don't know i i would rather be curled up on the couch and snuggle (laughs) so i think there could be dykes on bikes big snuggle day and then we could go then i would i would be happy to go to the pride events as as regularly scheduled
1: Now, are there big, like, I imagine, like, a Dinah Shore-esque kind of party at the end of Pride? Yeah. Because they're often, I have have friends who are, like, DJs and stuff, right? And so you sort of go through Pride, and then you find a place to crash, and you take a nap. Sometimes you eat something, and then shower, and then get get back, get yourself, get your life back together. And then you go out to the big dance club, or the big dance party that night. Is that, do the lesbians have a big dance party, too?
0: I don't, I, I can't tell you man I don't know i I feel like, yeah, there's some super cool lesbians who do that, and I'm not one of those. I just I don't know where all the parties are. It was going to be my first Dinah this year. And I was real excited to go. And then it got canceled. But, you know, Michaela Gordon's one of those people who's been to a million dinas. She's always been, you know, DJ Lisa Pittman. She's cool. And she wears fun hats. And they all go to parties. And they're all <laughs> part of that. Like, they know what's going on. I'm not one of those uh, lesbians. So I'm sure that's taking place. I'm not there. Or I'm not being invited. Or I don't know. If, if Maybe if you could bring pets, I'd go. But I just don't know as much about what's going on in that regard.
1: I think you should invent cat check. (laughs) <laughs> so you, there's at at the party you get to bring your cat, but you can check your cat, and then they get to play with all the other kitties. It would be a, and it's like twenty five bucks per cat. You'd make a killing, alley and then all everyone would come because they could still bring their cats, and then there'd be extra couches for snuggling, but then a different room for dancing. I, I'm I'm in. Let's James, do this. you are a
0: damn genius. Cat check. I will be working the cat check at Pride this year. If you forget, <laughs> wait, wait did, where did I leave my cat? Oh, I left it at cat check. Oh, oh crap. Cat check,
3: cat
1: Where's
0: cat your cat. ticket? If you lost your ticket, you have to run. Under your cat oh no
2: drop the subject the new channel q
1: hey ali
0: yeah
1: do you know what a hashtag is uh
0: i just learned about this a few days ago i believe it's a uh, way mm-hmm, to uh-huh. get likes on the internet.
1: uh it is sort of But did you know that I had to write almost an entire page of my dissertation explaining what a hashtag is?
0: Oh, no. You know, I do believe that is one of of Dante's layers of hell is just writing about hashtags and what they are.
1: (laughs) Writing about what hashtags are. I tell you what, the University of California has bestowed upon me the title of doctorate because apparently I can write about hashtags. I can also (laughs) talk about them, drop the subject family. And listen, we got a new one for you. Hashtag channel curbside pride. So we're doing this, thing, this pride thing this year, kind of virtual, right? We're doing it a little digitally because we can't all be together yet, but we still wanna know how you are celebrating your pride. So it's super, super simple. Head on over to WeAreChannelQ.com and you're going to upload a photo or a video of how you're expressing your pride. Allie has suggested rainbow masks or even more fun, rainbow thongs. They're out there. Wear them. They are. Put on either, both, neither, whatever. And then give us your best catwalk, your best runway, whatever. Upload that for us. And if you do, the first 50, we'll hook you up with the lawn signs, window signs, window hangers, whatever those are. Channel Q t-shirts. Super fun lawn games and an opportunity to be on air with us, Channel Q, to share what pride means to you. Hashtag Channel Q Pride, Allie.
0: Look, those Channel Q T-shirts don't. We don't just give those to anybody. All right, it took me like six months to get one of those. So consider yourself <laughs> lucky if you are one of the first, one of the fifty people who gets these curbside pride packs. They're fun. They're cool. They're important. They're exciting. Any way you can judge up your home is going to be greatly appreciated. I'm sure in these times of COVID. Now. James, Mm. we have we have had a lot of conversations about how different cities and countries do their policing a little differently. Right. Yesterday, we talked about some of the Nordic countries, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and how they have put a lot more money into welfare programs versus policing and how their homicide slash arrest programs ratios are like a hundred percent and it's important now to talk about there's another city that's coming up in the u.s that you know it's it's a topic of conversation because they have dissolved their police department and they did so in 2013 so we thought we'd talk about Camden in New Jersey what they did to change their policing and how that has changed seven years later Camden New Jersey was uh, seeing a very big rise in crime. And in 2013, they decided to essentially dissolve their police department. And what did they do exactly? Because I know they, they, they did the thing where they put more money into community programs, right? And education and reform. And they non-unionized as well.
1: Yeah. So what they you know, they, they were like, OK, we have the spike in homicides like we know we need to reform some things in the police department, but we don't have enough police. So they sort of went they sort of went the nuclear option, if you will. And they the mayor at the time uh, dissolved the local police department and signed an agreement for then the county to provide shared services of policing for both the city and the county areas. So then all of a sudden you have the county and the local police that have been dissolved, but now they're sharing resources It actually doubled the size of the policing And then on top of that, what they did was try to instigate. They didn't try. They did put in very strict guidelines about what things like reasonable force means, because in so many different police departments and situations around the country, you know, that's a very gray area. Well, I had to use deadly force because of X, Y and Z. And Camden said, nope, here's an 18 page guide on exactly how you use force and when.
0: Yes, and they they have a, a very interesting tidbit here which says the rules emphasize de-escalation comes first. Novel idea, right? De-escalation being the number 1 priority and deadly force being the literal last priority. It requires that force is not only reasonable and necessary but that it is proportionate and they basically take what what most police uh, what most police forces say like a lot of these situations that we've been looking at they're firing within a few seconds right Mm -hmm. or they escalate when they don't necessarily need to escalate this completely turns turns that on its head and de-escalation is the number one priority and as a result they've seen crime go down and guess what Use of excessive force complaints in Camden have dropped 95% since the year 2014. So it's very interesting to take a look at this stuff. Um, who knows whether we're going to see more cities adopting this? But it's always interesting to look at. Uh, more interesting stuff for you comes next, right here on Drop the Subject.
2: Drop the Subject. The New Channel Q.
0: Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Ali Johnson and James Simmons on this lovely Wednesday, and I'm very excited to speak to a, a young chef. Name Rahana Bizeret Martinez. She was on. Top Chef Junior, I always like to talk to people who have done a lot more with their lives at the age of 16 and 18 <laughs> compared to myself.
1: Um, right. But
0: we also wanted to talk to you, Rahana, because you did an, a recent interview with the LA Times that was really lovely and very important about how we need more black voices in the culinary world, especially when it comes to the food world in terms of, of media and you know people who are chefs that are giving reviews and recipes and things like that. So first of all, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah. And I thought we could just kind of start with w- why is the the food world so whitewashed and why is it so important that we change that? I think the answers are obvious, but I'd like to hear it from you. <laughs>
3: yeah. So a lot of the times people of color and black people aren't given the same opportunities in the food industry. And I think a part of that is because for a long time, European foods have been seen as the top and the best type of cuisine in the most technically advanced. Which we know is not entirely true. Each cuisine has their own unique kind of aspects, and so I think what happened within the food industry was we started to give jobs to these European chefs and didn't include the people of color, and they weren't seen as valued in their work.
4: Mm.
1: You, you bring up such an interesting point, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in, in your article uh, in the LA Times that just came out a couple of days ago about how there's cookbooks for Italian food and there's cookbooks for French food and certain Asian foods. But where is the learned in in food culture, right? In culinary culture, where is the learning about the technical aspects of making traditionally Black foods? And I I feel like that that is such an important point that you made. Can you speak to that a little bit about how we sort of incorporate traditionally Black foods into what is seen as technically great food?
3: Yeah. So I think we see these wonderful Black authors writing wonderful food-based cookbooks and I think what's important is to highlight that and incorporate that into the culinary education system. And also, I think what's super important is just to read these books and buy these books and support these authors. Because as we support them, we can get more content and more of these wonderful books that we learn so much about Black food from. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know
0: what you feel about this, but I feel like at the grocery store too, I don't see enough of that. You know, like I, I think it comes through in cookbooks, but also when you go to the grocery store, you know, there's that dreaded ethnic food section where you're like, why wouldn't this just be in the rest of the grocery store? (laughs)
1: That's, that's so interesting. I really, you know, one of the things I, I also really love lately is this, push. And I guess I'm a little, Rohana, I'm a little conflicted by it as well, because everyone's sort of like, here's lists of black restaurants that you can support and yeah. order your next Uber Eats meal from these black restaurants. And part mm-hmm. of me was like, so this just seems like an in vogue, like cool thing to do right now. Right. Um,
3: exactly. But,
1: but you know, these restaurants have been around for a long time. Also, I just did the same thing that I get mad at other people doing and saying that there are there's one type of Black food or one type exactly. of Black chef. And I think exactly. you bring up that point really well. So correct me. Tell me what I did wrong about how there's not <laughs> just one type of Black food or Black chef.
3: Yeah, so Black food is very vast. You know, we all know there's a lot of different cultures of Black culture. And in there, there's a lot of different types of food. And a lot of the time, we see soul food as the main type of food for black people which isn't true but I mean I love cooking soul food and that's amazing but I think it's also important to note the different qualities of this culture and I think that the lists for all these black chefs in SF or in LA or wherever in the world I think that's really important to get those restaurants publicity but it's also like what is going to make sure the readers go back to these restaurants and continue supporting. I think that's something that's important. And also regional Black foods. Not everything is from America or came from America or started in America with Black foodways. You know, we have historical kind of roots in different areas and foods,
0: Where do you do? Do you work in a restaurant now? I know you were on um, Top Chef Junior. And, you know, do you specialize in a certain type of cuisine? Or what what kind of stuff do you like cooking? And where can people taste some of the things that you're cooking?
3: Yeah, so I'm based in Oakland, um, California. And I have been doing stages since I was, I think, 13. And so I've been getting like restaurant experience there. And now that I'm 16, I want to get a job in the food industry, it's kind of hard now because a lot of the restaurants are not open or they have much smaller teams. So now I'm kind of just waiting to see where I can help and continue helping out feeding people.
0: Well, I think that uh, we just learned recently that the Editor in chief of Bon Appetit stepped down, so they should give you that job.
1: <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I com- completely agree. Oh my gosh.
3: Corsia Wilson would be a great person for that spot if she wants to do that. But that she is super awesome. Corsia Wilson well, hosts a podcast on the Hungry Society. What is that? Well
1: who else I was just gonna say, yeah, who is that? Like how is, the, is she an inspiration for you?
3: Well, Corsia she's super awesome. She interviewed she interviewed me a while back and she continues to do super awesome work. <laughs> nice, exactly well, within the food media world.
0: Well, we think you're super awesome, and uh, <laughs> I, I, we loved, you know, hearing some of the things you had to say in the LA Times. Definitely a conversation that needs to be had. More black voices need it needed in the food industry. And Rohana Bizarret Martinez, people can follow you on Instagram and Twitter and keep up with what you're doing. Uh, I assume, yeah. uh huh. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. Rohana, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. And I used to live in Oakland, so say hi to it for me. I miss it. Okay,
2: I (laughs) will. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
0: Drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. Right now is not a time to be silent. A lot of people are speaking up with words on what they believe in. Opinions on how to change things for the better. And we're hearing from lots and lots of different people all over the country, all over the world. We figured it would be an opportune time to just read a transcript of one of these voices so that you can then guess who spoke these words.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a, a great one. A really, you know, sort of an uh, in, uh, uh, intense statement here. Quote, we all read in the paper all week that in the black community, mothers are worried about their children getting home from school without being killed by a cop.
0: What world are we living in? That doesn't happen. This person goes on to say, stop treating us like animals and thugs and start treating us with some respect. That's what we are here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So who do we think said those words? Is uh, this maybe a a victim of police brutality?
1: Could be one of the many protesters or of individuals who, uh, you know, are are pushing for police reform and, Mm -hmm. you know, defund, refund, dismantle, remantle. Let's find out. Stop treating us like animals and thugs
4: and start treating us with some respect.
0: Ah, you know what? This is actually a New York police boss by the name of Mike O'Meara. And he went off on the media about how cops are being treated like animals and how it's not fair and it's disgusting.
4: That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting.
0: I think we agree that there's a lot that's going on right now. That's disgusting, Mike. I just don't know if we are necessarily seeing eye to eye on, on what is disgusting.
1: Yeah. And he's flanked by, uh, not flanked. He is completely like everyone behind him are a group of all white male law enforcement officers. They are wearing their masks though. except for one, I will give them all credit for wearing their masks. Um, <laughs> But, you know,
0: it, you always find the positives, James. That's what I love about I you. I
1: mean, I try. I I think it's, uh, you know, he goes on to say, like, uh, few things worse than being stereotyped as an animal or thug, being disrespected in society and misrepresented in the media, realizing that the system is stacked against you. Few can understand what that's like, says the white police Whoa,
0: officer. He said few can understand what that's like. Yeah. I think there's some black people raising their hands going, um, hi, um, know what that's like.
1: Uh, hi. Um, call on me, call on me.
0: (laughs) Hey, Hey, Hey,
1: Hey. we're we're right over here. Um, and also,
0: especially the word thugs, stop treating us like animals and thugs. And this word has come up time and time again, In the midst of all of this, with Donald Trump using it, calling the protesters thugs, which is, in my mind, become more of a racial slur than anything. So it's kind of interesting that he's using those words, saying that we are that they are being treated like thugs and they're not being treated with respect. Also, how does it feel to not be treated with respect? It sucks, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 And this is after two weeks. Yeah. You're mad. Sure. Sure. Also, think about
0: how mad you are after two weeks compared to how mad somebody like James has been his whole damn life
1: <laughs> or, you know, an entire community of individuals for 400 years. Like, I I mean, this is I, I think I, I got to the point with this one when I, I was watching this that I, I just laughed. I was like, OK like what there there's so much to say and yet there's so much to not say either here right like i i'm just like i can't even believe that this is happening but what it speaks to honestly is that there there's such a disconnect between where the movements are and where individuals are where a lot of police are where a lot of 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 individuals who are white are versus what individuals who are saying we need to reform this structurally this systemic racism within policing and this whole like oh there are some cops well I know some good cops there's some cops that are good or you know they, they, we're good guys we went into sure. this for the right reason like right. that's a that's a thing but it it, it also doesn't account for the entire systemic racism of the of of policing
0: and i don't think that anybody's saying like the whole good cop, bad cop thing is it, it's exactly what you're saying, which is that it's kind of missing the point. Yes. Of course, not all cops are bad. There are good cops out there. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that the entire system needs to be, needs to be fixed because this continues to happen and good cops can watch bad cops behave badly and still not be held accountable for it. And this reaction from Mike O'Meara Is so poor me and victimizing himself Versus acknowledging the problem at hand And why people are protesting in the first place Again, it's not about you Like it is, but it's like I'm sorry that your feelings are hurt Some feelings are going to get hurt right now These conversations need to be had, Mike My God Drop the subject
2: The new Channel Q
1: Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the subject. It's what you're listening to. And it's one of my favorite times of the show. News It or Lose It. I have three la, yummy, wonderful, juicy headlines. Allie Johnson has a binger, banger, dinger, clanger. Allie Johnson, are you ready? <coughs> there it is. It's a lovely binger, banger, dinger, clanger. She decides if we talk about these headlines or not. Headline number one. West Virginia elects first openly transgender official.
0: Whoa, West Virginia?
1: Yeah.
0: Nice. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's worth talking about.
1: Ain't it something? Uh, headline number two. Lizzo has a message for body shamers.
0: Oh, I always love hearing from Lizzo and I feel like we need her words right now.
1: Uh, I kind of feel like we do. And headline number three, WWE's John Cena joins BTS Army's $1 million donation to Black Lives Matter.
0: Oh, that's really lovely, and I think I have what I need in that headline, so I'm going to lose it. But John Cena's good people.
1: Yes, uh, he had a colorful past, but good, good dude now. Uh, oh, did he?
0: I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, I
1: that. mean, it's not. No, there's plenty worse. Trust me. We're not canceling John Cena yet, as far as I know. And uh, but listen, this is what he did. I'm going to just tell you this really fast, even though he lost it. So BTS, the Korean pop group that's like the biggest group on the planet, right, donated a million dollars to Black Lives Matter because of all of the K-pop stands who flooded yeah. all of the hashtags last week, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah so, the, in Whiteout Wednesday, they yes, flooded all the, yeah. They flooded
1: all that and they flooded out all the, like, All Lives Matter. It was great. Well, the same army, the, the K-pop stands, the BTS army, donated individually another million dollars,
0: each person donated a million?
1: <laughs> not, not each person. They all like got together and they were like, here's a fund. As an army, we should match BTS's million dollars. So then they donated a million dollars. So then because they donated a million dollars, John Cena was like, I got your back. I'm going to donate a million dollars too. Like if this group can mobilize people to donate a million dollars in 24 hours, Ali, he's like, I'm going to donate a million dollars too. So Black Lives Matter, in, the, in a matter of two days, Black Lives Matter just got a cash infusion of three million dollars.
0: Wow, that's pretty great. You know, I—I'm assuming those are American dollars.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure what the because uh, you know if you go to places
0: like I don't know what the the exchange is in South Korea, but I right. would assume.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Let's hope it's the if same. If it's
0: anything like Thailand, it's like one million baht is like a dollar. So. Right.
1: Right. Well, let's not do that. Uh, so Rosemary Ketchum will soon join the Wheeling City Council. After defeating three challengers in an open race for the third ward seat in Tuesday's municipal election, this is history making. She is now the first out trans person ever elected in West Virginia period, and she will be one of just 27 out trans elected officials in the entire nation.
0: Oh, I'm just looking at a picture of Rosemary. Isn't she a little cutie patoot?
1: I mean, and just also Rosemary is giving me all kinds of like career and politics life. Like she's got the like the snatched blazer, the perfect haircut, (laughs) whatever the
0: white collar shirt, the white um, collared shirt Uh and like leaning against a building with a like, hey, I'm Rosemary Ketchum.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, she's fantastic. She uh, uh, just you know said all the things, the struggles we face every day was like a campaign slogan for her and et cetera, et cetera. And she's uh, now the first openly trans, but also one of only four openly LGBTQ elected officials in all of West Virginia, uh, period. So congratulations, Rosemary Ketchum. That is exciting news. Um, I, and then-
0: I feel like if you're growing up as a trans woman in West Virginia, you should get an award oh, already.
1: Just period. And then you choose to stay and fight for your community. Like that's yep. hard yes. stuff. Like mad, mad props to you, Rosemary. Yeah. Um, so apparently some people were coming for Lizzo and she did not ask for them. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a uh TikTok response. I couldn't even remember what the platform was. She had a TikTok response for them, Allie, and uh, it's pretty epic. Hey,
3: so I've been working out consistently for the last five years, and it may come as a surprise to some of y'all that I'm not working out to have your ideal body type. I'm working out to have my ideal body type. And you know what type that is? None of your f***ing business, because (laughs) I am beautiful, I am strong, I do my job and I stay on my job. So, next time you want to come to somebody and judge them whether they drink kale smoothies or eat McDonald's or work out or not work out, how about you look at your own <laughs> self and worry about your own goddamn body? Because health is not just determined on what you look like on the outside, health is also what happens on the inside. And a lot of y'all need to do a and cleanse for your
1: insides. Ooh. Namaste. Have a great day. <laughs> the best
0: part. I think people need an insides cleanse more than ever. <laughs> she is absolutely right.
1: And this whole video, by the way, you can go see it on TikTok. Of course, it's at Lizzo, and it's just her working out the entire time. And she's doing some great workouts—jump, jump ropes, and these like muscle maker body things and whatever. And she's on the bike and. I, and she's also taking pictures of herself in various like uh, uh, negligees or whatever. Like uh, I love it. She's and my favorite thing is she's like I do my job and I stay on my job. And I was like, man, yes, I haven't heard that does. saying in years. I love it. Go ahead, yeah. get them, Lizzo.
0: Happy endings are next. Drop the subject.
2: The new channel cue.
0: Picture yourself in a thong. Now take a picture of yourself picturing yourself in a thong. Hmm. Now go to We Are Channel Q and upload that picture. Hey, we're not being creepy. We're just being fun. It's pride. Yay! Channel Q is doing curbside pride this year, and we want to see how you are celebrating. How are you expressing your pride? How are you doing so at home? Are you putting a little rainbow neckerchief on your poodle? We want to see a picture of it. All you have to do is upload one of those pictures or videos, and you get some swag. One of the If you're one of the first 50 people to upload a picture or a video. You get to celebrate curbside pride with Channel Q with a Channel Q lawn sign, or maybe some window hangers, a Channel Q t-shirt, some lawn games. That'll make you very popular on your block. And you know what will make you even more popular is an opportunity to be on the air with us here. You want to talk to James and Allie? Yeah? Yeah? Well, all you have to do is go to wearechannelq.com. You can enter, upload your picture and your video to get your swag. Or you can follow us at wearechannelq
1: and Cisco will play thong song in the background for you just
0: like, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's like we're, we're doing this from home and sometimes I can't always hear what's coming out of your speaker so <laughs> I was like something's playing but I'm you're, not sure you're like, uh, but is- I know it's good I know it's a good decision
1: yeah what what is going on of course it's the thong song Allie wants to see your thong <laughs> Allie also has uh I believe we have some happy endings yeah
0: I think I have one we do. I have one as well. This is the moment where we take things in the show that maybe weren't so positive and we make them positive because that's how we roll here on Drop the Subject. We want to leave you on a positive note, give you something happy to take into the rest of your day. And what can be happier than a happy ending from James? Go ahead.
1: Megan Kelly might be really upset that the world is re-re-re-re-canceling Gone with the Wind <laughs> and that... The show Cops has been canceled.
0: Yeah, we didn't even mention that. Cops and cop shows.
1: Cop shows. Cop shows. Some cop shows are being shelved, according to networks. Others are being just full-on canceled. Live PD is the number one rated show on cable right now, and they're having to shelve that for obvious reasons. Um, But, you know, maybe we should cancel Megyn Kelly's show. And, oh, wait, it already has been. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is what Megan Kelly is. There is your canceled. happy ending.
0: You know, that's very nice, James. Mine is having to do with cancellations as well. Uh-huh. Everything is getting canceled, as you said. Statues are getting canceled. Movies. Vanderpumps. But at least, at least... If this show ever gets canceled, I'll have a great new job as cat check girl at the new girls only lesbian pride (laughs) after party that James invented. Yes,
1: you are. You get the first dibs on being cat check girl.
0: I'm going to be cat check girl. And if you bring home the wrong cat, you're welcome.
1: (laughs) Oh, that is all that. Was that two happy endings in one alley?
0: (gasps) (laughs) I don't know. That was a little button on the previous happy ending. It was a happy ending. It was a a happy ending. Just a little kitty
1: nose button. Just a little little boo-boos.
0: Yeah, the boo boos. Well, thank you for joining us. If you missed anything, we covered a lot today. So you'll definitely want to download that podcast, which is found at Drop the Subject on radio.com or wherever you find your your uh, your podcasts. And um, continue to interact with us on social media at DTS Show. We will see you tomorrow for another wonderful slash mediocre show. No, it's going to be great. We'll see you then. <laughs> Bye-bye.
2: On the next, on the next, drop the
0: subject. On the next show, we bring back our tried and true segment, obvious news. What do we got this week, James?
1: Anna Wintour admits to toxic behavior at Vogue.
0: The Vanderpumps suck as people.
1: And Gone with the Wind has racist undertones.
0: Okay, anything else?
1: Why don't we ask Anna Wintour? Anna, that's all.
2: Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern, on Channel Q.